welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. Each episode of the Open Government Podcast brings you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their community. And today we have Ali Al-Munir, who's a current federal public servant, but he's also the founder of Eliwa Solutions, an Ottawa-based Android mobile app development firm known for a number of different open data apps, including the Ottawa Transit app, Ottawa Recycle, School Bus Delays in Ottawa, and the Canadian Travelers app, which aims at informing Canadians who travel abroad about security risks, health notices, and estimation of border wait times. Now, Ali, you're, you're right in there, aren't you? You've grabbed the open data ball and ran with it. And I'm wondering, what got you so interested in doing these kinds of apps instead of creating the next Flappy Bird or Candy Crush? <laughs> That's a very good question. The reason why I started into open data and uh, how I came about in creating these apps is basically because I take the bus to work and to school as well. At that time, I was wondering if there was a way to simplify the process of checking bus schedules. And I tried to look into uh, what data is offered by the city of Ottawa and how I can incorporate this data and use my skills in Java at, th at that time to come up with a simple application that I could use on my phone. And throughout uh, research, I determined that the city of Ottawa had a, an API feed that I could tag into and obtain the data that I need and display it in a way that is easy for the, any user, such as myself, to use it and figure out what, what I can do with the app. So basically, so, you, you were doing it for self-preservation. Exactly. You, you want to, to make your life easier. And I still use the app. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And so you, you mentioned that you wanted to make this easy to use for any user. What are right. some of the struggles that you found that in other kinds of government services, whether that's apps or services or tools, that you found that aren't as easy? And wh why did you find that? And what, what, do you, what did you want to do that's different when you were building your stuff? Exactly. Like, for instance, there's the uh, recycle scheduling. It's always uh, a nightmare trying to know what kind of recycling bin I should take out today. And it's always last-minute decision. Oh, I have to see what my neighbor is doing, and then I have to. <laughs> and I do the same thing. Your neighbor, and you have exactly. To your neighbor is doing the right thing too. That, that's always a struggle. So at that time, I started looking into what other services the city has, and what we can do to improve that. And through a simple search, I was able to find other data sets such as the recycling. And again, it's for my benefit and the uh, the citizen of Oro City. And through the integration of these small apps, I think I created what's called an ecosystem for the city of Ottawa, even though it's small, but it serves a purpose in simplifying this process. Now, you, you've created a number of apps for different jurisdictions, at least with the city of Ottawa, and it looks like as well with federal information and federal data. So two quick questions. Yes. Number one. Is there between Ottawa and the feds, like, do you, have, do you prefer, are there some data, some jurisdictions that you prefer working with in terms of data? And as well, what's your ideal data set look like? Like, do you prefer having like a JSON file or do you prefer having access to an API or, or, or are there other types of data that you prefer? Like, give us a little bit of, uh, of your perspective as an actual developer. Sure. So the back to the jurisdiction, uh, jurisdiction question, I prefer to use the local data because I'm most familiar with it. So it's easier for me to understand the data and how uh, it's really simple to 
kind of do the relationship and connect it to the objective that I want to do. As for the, uh, the federal data, there's a lot of information to search through, and it's really difficult to pinpoint which data that you can use. Uh, and it's very specific to a department, such as there is a Stats Canada uh, data set. There's a wide uh, variety of information there that it's, it's hard to actually grab the data. So what, what I do is uh, I try to look for JSON format data, which is the simple to use. And uh, this JSON data is uh, adaptable to any language, and uh, it's very simple to integrate into an app. So the apps that you're creating are essentially providing a public service, but in your day job, you're also a public servant. So this is actually a great question <laughs> to ask you. Um, you are providing a public service as being a public servant, but also outside of that. And maybe, do you have any ideas on what the role is of the citizen, and particularly the citizen developer, um, the citizen who is well-versed in data and tools like this? What is their role in providing public services? What should be their role? And how do you think that they can work with government more effectively? Of course, like the number one uh, objective is to allow people transparency. So the, uh, the fact that they allow us to see and use the data exposes this to the citizen in general and make sure that they're aware of any uh, ongoing events and ongoing uh, stats that people can have access to right on the spot. And uh, as a federal uh, worker, actually based on the success of uh, Code 2014, uh, I was able to do some lunch and learn at work that encouraged them to do our own hackathon uh, that lasted two days, which we came up with a number of apps that targets the my department, which is Correctional Service Canada. And actually, that's that's an interesting perspective because I speak a lot to public servants who may not be as forward-thinking as you are, and sometimes they're a little afraid of also being an engaged citizen because yes, they yes. feel there might be a conflict of interest or, you know, a, a career limiting move or something along those lines. Like obviously you don't see that risk or you've, you've arranged an agreement with your employer. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yes, for sure. So I, I think your, uh, like your, your question, it has two parts. Yes, you're right. There are people who, uh, do not see the benefits of having or doing such a, an event. And on the other hand, there are people or management that supports this role and encourage people to participate and uh, what's, what's called allow the crowdsourcing to, uh, to simplify the process of creating new ideas and generate a fuzz for the government. So uh, in, my, in my case, management is very supportive of what we do and they see the benefits of having such a, uh, an event and what kind of impact it has on the department as a whole. That's great. I, I'm going to go back to kind of the stuff that you've build, been building off the side. Is that sure. right now they're very Ottawa focused, and obviously you, right. you said that you know you want you want to support your local community and use the local data sets. Is sure. is there any appetite to start thinking about scaling the work that you do, whether it's those apps or something else? And what are the conditions that you would need in order to have a larger impact outside of just Ottawa and outside of just those places? Do, would you need help in certain ways, or how do you see scale, or do you think open data should be an inherently local thing? No, for sure. Open data should be local, should be provincial, should be federal. And in order to scale, uh, at this point, I'm looking to create uh, some sort of a team that will help me take on more projects 
and uh, be uh, well versed in other languages. So I could actually use these talents to kind of uh, go out of my comfort zone and start doing other stuff with the open data. Now, I have not personally put too much thought as to how OpenGov or Open Data could apply to the Internet of Things. But have you? Like, can you imagine what OpenGov or Open Data looks in the context of the Internet of Things? I'm not truly, uh, what do you call it, like uh, well-versed with the Internet of Things. But I believe that open data and the open government as a whole serves a, a purpose of uh, allowing the data to be published and consumed by the citizen. The fact that open data and open government, when you add them both together, they allow us to uh, expand our reach to the public and allow us to figure out and obtain information that was uh, previously obs obscured and not access to not have been access to anybody, which allows us again to uh, tap into this data and allow us to question and uh, figure out these departments and what they offer uh, as a day-to-day -day basis. All of the apps that you're building are really, you know, solving inherent problems like the recycle days and the, and the transit and border wait times. So what's the next big problem you want to chew off? And does the data exist for that, for you to fix that problem? And if not, what kind of data do you need? Um, and what, what do you, what, why do you want to fix that problem? Sure. So that's a good question because uh, in the coming month, actually at the end of February, there's going to be another hackathon called Code 2015. And the objective of this hackathon is to get all the entrepreneurs and students and developers like us to come together and solve uh, a number of issues. And it's going to be broken down into themes. And based on these themes, which is uh, in, uh, each theme is a problem eventually, and uh, we're, we've been asked to create a team that will participate in this event and come up with a solution to these problems, which could be uh, a solution that solves and help Canadians across uh, from uh, east to west. Well, thank you so much, Ali, for, for joining us today. You're doing some great work, both as a public servant and as an engaged <laughs> citizen. And, and don't, has, don't stop working. We need more people like you. So thank you for, for both. Thank you for having me. Thanks again. That was Ali Almunir from Ottawa, Ontario on the Open Government Podcast. If you have any questions about today's episode, you can reach Ali through his website. That's Eliwa, and that's three, the, letter, the number three, L-Y-W-A. And don't hesitate to download his apps on Android, and you can grab those on the site as well. And as per usual, you can always send us questions on our hashtag at OGTPod. And, of course, thank you to Cheryl's Crush for the intro and outro music for the podcast. So until next time, I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta, and thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon with our next interview with someone in the open government community. Mm -hmm.